Hey, 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 world, it's me, Tamara Brown. Who am I? I am an author, blogger, website designer, as well as a brand and visual strategist, and the host of Blog Diaries, Broke, Lonely, Angry, and Horny, Turning Your Mess into a Beautiful Masterpiece. So, guys, today I have the wonderful opportunity to add in D'Artania A. Williams Sr. He is a crime fiction author at its finest. So as I'm coming in today, we are going to be chatting about his novel, right? And he has three of five amazing novels that he has written. I'm saying three. He has done Philadelphia, Dark Secrets, Almesa 1 and 2, as well as Ghetto Hemingway. Many of you have not had the opportunity to read that, but be prepared with every one of D'Artagnan's novels to be in a twisted, <laughs> twisted, twisted mind state. And I say that because you are going to miss your bus stop. You If you ride the train, you're going to miss the train. You're not going to want to leave your home. You're going to stay up all night. You're going to call in to work because D'Artagnan's books are a reader's experience. And not only is D'Artania Williams um, a great author, right, but he also is a great blogger. And he has hit some heavy-hitting conversation. Not only is it for political satire, but he has, he can go from political satire to the heart of hearts of dealing with gang violence, with dealing with everything that's going on in our politics world, as well as dealing with real-life street stuff with a lot of knowledge. And not just street knowledge. D'Artagnan A. Williams has book knowledge. And um, you don't find that very often. He is definitely somebody who grew up in, in Philadelphia, in the roughest of rough neighborhoods, and he has survived. Um, he has conquered and overcome a lot of things. And with that, perseverance is real. And it's so great to see African-American men, and we see that every day, African-American men persevering, surviving, overcoming um, obstacles that is easily to take them out. You know, with African-American men, they are more likely to be knocked down to be belittled, to be betrayed, not only by the system and the state, but even us as women, you know, we, we set our men on high bar. And when they fall short, some of us can't stay for the long haul. And I'm not saying for all women, but, you know, this is just a cultural problem. And D'Artagnan has persevered. He is a father, a grandfather. He is a loving husband to his wife, Margaret, 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 and he loves her and dearly. And not only has he excelled in being a writer, but as a family man and as a leader of his pack. And you don't find that very often in African-American men because it's either this or that. And I'm not saying that to knock any black man. A lot of black men do great things, and I celebrate them and applaud them. But to have somebody who has the total package, uh, he loves, and, you know, and the one thing that I celebrate on is the fact that he loves his wife. You know, that is the queen of his casa. And not only is the queen of his casa, but his best friend. And I just love their black love. They are relationship goals. And I say that too wholeheartedly, that we, we should be so proud to have him as an example. But back to his career, um, D'Artagnan is a serial writer. He is one of the people that we find that writes every day. And, you know, even for me, I kind of fell off because I wear so many hats of being an author and a, and a blogger and a podcaster and, and graphic design has taken over my life and working a full-time job, uh, sometimes we can find ourselves um, allowing ourselves to be overwhelmed. And D'Artagnan has stuck to the recipe of his career as being 
a graphic design. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm talking about me, but being an author, a phenomenal author at that. So if you have not reached out and gotten his book, I want you to go on to his website at www.darkaniaawilliamsenior.com. Um, such a great website, such a great, um, and if anything, to order it, definitely order his books. He also has sweatshirts, T-shirts, and all of those great apparels. But also, also to order, um, to read his blogs. I mean, he talks about some great people. He talks about careers, not only in writing, and not just about himself. We find so many bloggers talking about themselves. And in D'Artania's case, I'm sorry, in D'Artania's case, he has, you know, taken his platform and talked about things that affect not only us as a people. So if you're African-American, he, he touches on the things that we deal with on a daily basis. He also deals with um, the, the issues and the issues that we rarely talk about. You know, he has a blog, one of his best blogs, and he talked about a young lady who was killed out in Chicago, and he's going to talk a little bit about that. And it is one of his highest read blogs. And he talked about this young lady because she was killed at a primary age. She was 17, but she had murdered over, I think it was over 20 people. And like I said, D'Artagnan, I'll tell you a little bit more. He's coming on at 2.20. But I wanted to just have a little bit of more time, you know, just to talk about, you know, his accomplishments because we we have to celebrate our great office. It's going to be Black Friday. And I, and I say this to everyone. You need to get out and support your black businesses. You need to get out and pour your dollars into your local businesses. That And I mean every business in your community. But more than ever now in this pandemic, when we are in, some of us are in cold orange and in cold red, we need to pour our dollars, the little bit of change we got, we need to put some change on it. And I say that so sincerely because a lot of us have forgotten the art of supporting our people, supporting our people and really putting some change on it. You know, and I get it that our, our um, intentions for our people are so high. But I, I really need y'all to get in, and I need y'all to support, support, support. And that means supporting local authors. That means getting in and offering the opportunity for us to go and buy the things that they need. You know what I'm saying? The things that you may need from African-American people. We really need to get in the habit of supporting ourselves and supporting others because without our support, how can we go forward? How can we go forward? And D'Artania books are one that you should buy. If you have a family member who loves, um, I'm going to give you a couple of people that I, I think that his books are relevant to. Um, his books are the James. He is definitely, he can compete with James Patterson, right? Because his books are written by him. And number two, he's so dedicated to the course. Is that D'Artania? Yes, it yes, is. is. D'Artania A. Williams S. R. Hey, D'Artania. So I was just, I was on for the 12 minutes because um, the minutes that I told you to call at 2.20 because I was um, actually saying to myself, I said, you know what, I have to um, just brag on you a little bit so you'll get to hear that in the beginning <laughs> of the episode. So I was bragging on how you are a family man and how um, you love writing and how you are a great blogger. So, D'Artania, welcome to Blog Diary. So, I kind of did my intro early because I wanted you to kind of tell more about yourself and to share with the audience not only just about your writing career, 
but you know your blogs and 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 why you love writing so much and you know we could just have this great conversation so that yeah. tell the tell the world about you well um i'm I'm married happily married you know I have a great relationship with my wife I'm a father and I'm a grandfather which my yes. grandson he makes he makes my day every day He's wearing me out, but you know I'm trying to get in shape to keep up with him. But, you know, <laughs> that's another thing. But he makes he makes my day. You know, he loves his pop pop. So you know, I'm the greatest pop pop in the world right now. So I'm loving that. And then you know, I'm real passionate about my blogs. You know, because of you know a lot of people are not politically aware, and some people are on the other side. You know, but. You know that's that's okay too, but it's good to be woke right now. It's a good time right now that you know everybody is woke and really got out there, you know, to uh, you know, to fire the cult leader. You know, everybody just <laughs> got that push and really got out there. You know, it don't really matter what side you on. These people they supposed to be working for us, but once they get in there, you know, they have their own agendas as well. You know, mm-hmm. so more or less like, you know, a lot of the down-ballot people is, is, is the real important things that you can locally get in touch with these people. But, you know, Washington, you know, a lot of those people, I mean, they're really out of touch. But people are really, really doing bad, and they just don't see it, you know. they right. Some of them talk about it, but, you know, talking is one thing, and, you know, action is another. You know, I was – you know, I was shopping, and I just felt so bad when I seen how long, you know, the food pantry line was. You know, and I want to help and do something for people, but I'm scratching my damn self. Right, right. You know, it's it, 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 it really terrible, you know. And then just like what me and you talked about, you know, same way, you know, promoting and pushing these books, you know, I did a whole lot better before because I could get out there and hustle. I get out there and talk. I could do events. You know, I love to talk. You know, in any kind of subject that people want to talk about, you know, I called out before, you know, on the last interview that, you know, uh, do speaking engagements. But where are you going to do it, man? You can't get more than 10 people in a room here in Philadelphia, you know, and you, you, you can't pack 50 people, you know, because of, you know, Cobalt-19. You know I mean? This is, this is really terrible, you know. So I know the big stars are really hurting. You know, people like myself who just writers and, you know, but I write for a passion. You know, it's more of a a deep soul thing with me. Just like, you know, I came up with that term soul writer, you know, like like a soul singer. Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You're a soul writer because I can remember pages of yours and, you know, different, you know, passages. You know, because when I read your thing, that that short story, you know, I got involved. You know, <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I mean, I was mad. I was mad like the sister. You know what I mean? When she smacked them and told them, you know, look, how dare you bring this whore, you know, to the house? You know, I mean, I was involved. I get involved when you know. Same here. I write it in my blogs. You know, don't phone it in. I mean, I'm really passionate about my blogs. I'm passionate about my stories. I got a great book, you know, that I'm I'm trying to push and trying to get people if you if you're into crime fiction, you know, and I know some people that's in the game or used to be in the game. They read one of my books, they can really relate to you know the hate and, and the pressures of everything of you know doing something illegal or you know being forced or you know being outside the system. What it really feels like. So I get, exactly. you know, I got my, I got my pulse on that, you know, on being outside of the system. I know how it feels, <laughs> you know. Exactly, exactly, and I, and that's you know, and that's something that you know when we talk about COVID nineteen and the career of authors. I know that you know many of authors have gotten creative. You know, they're using Zoom. They're using online. Um, they're using Zoom, they're using, you know, meetups, and they're using, you know, stuff like free conference calls, you know, to do events and, and make money. It's like live people. I mean, 
I could do Zoom calls or I could do, you know, Zoom events and stuff like that. But the live events is where you really, I mean, I hate to say it, you know, financially, that's where you make your money. I mean, you sell more T-shirts. You got on a cool T-shirt. You know what I mean? You, you can't sell but so many T-shirts on a Zoom call. No, and I agree. I agree. I think that is totally different. You know, um, our new normal is one of the worst normals that we've had to adapt to as a country. And sure. what, I, what I find is, is that a lot of our normal would have been changed if people, if 45 and... Yeah, being in Right, you well, know, he would have been proactive because... But here in this society, that's why a lot of people even take drugs or do different things. You got a lot of people who just got, I can't say, like, too much freedom. What it is is some people just don't want to listen to the norms. Now, you know you can save people by wearing a mask and staying in distance. Some people just ain't going to listen. No, they're going to do what they want to do. They're going to say, oh, this is my life, and I'm going until they get it until they can't get a hospital bed, you know, and it's overrun. And then they, oh, my God, then they're crying and they're whining and everything instead of just wearing a mask and trying to listen to some of the, the authorities just trying to save lives. You know, it, it's not even with authority. Just you got to just have common sense to think that you're trying to save your life, your wife's life. You know, I don't want anybody invading in my home. But this is where I keep everybody safe. You know, mm-hmm. because I, I'm the one who keeps this ship rolling. I'm the captain. Right. You understand? I'm the captain of this ship, and I got to keep it rolling. And you got an ineffective captain who don't really care and, you know, let too many people do whatever mm-hmm. they want to do, just rolling your house, you know, no mask. You don't know who they've been around, you know, and you, you breathe in the same airspace as them, you know, and things just get out of control. Then you wonder why, you know, then you get – you know, Junior's sick, Grandma's sick, and then you sick. And and they just can't keep up with this stuff right now because people just don't want to listen. No, and I agree. So let me ask you, D'Artagnan. You know, people just don't want to listen. Exactly. So let me, let me ask you this. Do you think that because the millennial, when, it, when a lot of millennials didn't get heavy symptoms, they may have gotten some, but they didn't get the symptoms, and they say, "Oh, it doesn't affect the young people." Exactly. That is yeah. when, that is when the tone changed. Because I can tell you from, you know, being around millennials, right? I'm around nothing but millennials. You know, my household is full of, of them, and the tone changed. You know, all of a yeah. sudden, folks was ready to go party. Folks was ready to, you know, they was ready to ride in the car with six of their friends without masks on. I saw right. out in the street. What, I mean, because it did, because we are in a selfish culture, and I, and, I, and I hate to say it, but we are in, the millennials are a lot of, a lot of them are self-absorbed, and it was like, it's not me, so what? So what if your nana dies? So what if your uncle or aunt die from it? It's not me. You, you get what I'm saying? Because yeah, I think... I- that's You could be spoiled and self-absorbed all you want to. I mean, right. the structures in, 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 it's still there. It's still there. You, the, 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 the system really still has to work, you know. You can't just be breaking all the rules, you know, and just, just come up with your own thing. Oh, well, I'm going to do what I want to do. Now, if everybody just do what they want to every day, you know, this, this structure, this whole society will fall. Exactly. Some people got to do the right thing. I mean, I hate to say it. I don't want to sound like no square because I ain't never square, you know what I mean? I ain't, I ain't never, you know, that cat, you know, but some people just have to, you know, look out for others. That's that's what it's about. And it really that's is. What the whole thing is about. You got to be looking out for others. I'm looking out for everybody in my household. Exactly. I'm looking out for my wife. I'm looking out for, you know, now that, you know, I have my grandson here for about a year. You know, I wasn't expecting to get, you know, a a two-year-old, but, you know, things happen. Right. You know, the family structure, you you got to look out for others. Now, I want him to be in a safe, clean environment. He's here. 
you know, he's really attached to me right now, you know. But that, that's, that's what it's about. You know, Grandpa and, 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 and Dad and Mom sometimes got to step up, you know, for different family members and look out for some people. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And I think that's something that, um, you know, I, I, I kind of talked about that before you came on air is how, you you know, I said that you and your wife were relationship goals. You know, that hashtag black love and relationship goals. Because I've never, and I and I stated that that you know, not only are you are, are a great writer, but you have all aspects of it. So let me ask you. You know, we are. If you had to, and I know you have sons, and you know, you probably had this discussion. I got before. a lot of sons. <laughs> <laughs> right. I got so, a lot of sons. Right. You got a lot of sons. So if you were in a room full of African American boys and young men, how would you explain to them, and they all were anti-marriage, right? How would you educate them on what real love is? Well, that's kind of a hard question, but the only way I can explain it to them is, you know, is is maturity. I mean, you got to have a little maturity. I mean, you can have all the fun you want and think that you're going to have all these conquests, all these different women. Some people got mental problems, and some people didn't come up in the right environment. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't have, you know, structure. You know, I don't care what religion or what, what race you are, but, you know, in, in the black community, you know, it's always, it was women who, who ran the household, you know, and you had uh, who made them strong men as women mm-hmm. in, in, in our structure. So that's why, you know, I was raised by a strong black woman, you know, who really, you know, put the screws to me. I mean, you know, I really put the screws to me, but it was real with discipline, you know. But I'm I'm still I'm still that cool ass fucking uncle and the and the coolest dad because I can understand, you know, some of the things that they're going through sometimes, you know. I can have a discussion with them. They come to me with their problems. They come to talk to me. You know, whereas though they won't come talk to nobody else. It's oh you sat down there and talked to uh sat down there and talked to him about it, but you didn't talk to me about it. Because exactly. I'm, I'm more open-minded about things, you know, and I can mm-hmm. understand when people mess up or, you know, different things. But what I try to tell them about relationships, you know what I mean, is that, you know, uh, some, it, it's a little give and take, and it's, it's, it's compromised to everything. You know, people don't want to hear that, you know, but you, you ain't going, you know, just – put up with certain things you just ain't going to put up with, you know. Right. And if you want to have a relationship or a monogamous relationship with somebody, if you're going to have an open marriage, you know, have an open marriage. I mean, put that on the table, you know. But if you want to have a, a regular monogamous relationship with somebody, you got to tell them the rules are different things. Don't come in at a certain time of the night. I mean, don't, you know, my wife tell me, don't let daylight hit your ass. She told me that. <laughs> Don't let daylight hit your ass. You know what I mean? I hang out with my brothers and we hang out. You know what I mean? Look, three, four, look, I got to go home. You got to drop me off. We have fun, you know? <laughs> right. Fun it's time to go this, home. That, and the third, that's one of our rules. You know, unless she had, you know, she's at her mother's house. She let me know she's at her mother's house. You know, we had times that we was apart, you know, with, she had to stay when her mother was sick. You know, something happened, you know, in the family. Same way with me. You know, when my mom got sick, I stayed at the house and made sure she was cool. You know what I mean? Or we both ride down there together and take care of mom. And, you know, we go through because we look out for our families. Right. But the thing is, I, I'm not that selfish guy, I'm, you know, whereas though I'm just going to do what I want to to hurt the person that I love. Very That's powerful. you got to really think about in any kind of relationship, you know, and I, that's what I'll explain to them. You know what I mean? If you don't want nothing done to you, don't do it. Don't be flirting in front of, you know, you got these women, you flirt in front of me, these women. Yeah, my my wife always always be giggling and laughing because these women come up and start talking to me. The first thing I tell her, I say, did you meet my wife? I love you that. I, mean? I love that. I yeah, love did, that. Did you meet my wife? I'm having a long conversation with these women, and they want to talk and this, that, and other. And sometimes I get a little flirtish, you know what I mean? 
but we're, we're just having a stimulating conversation. But I always include my wife in it, or my wife just pop right up and be like, uh, you know what I mean? You ready to go, honey? Or, you know what I mean? Um, would you like something else? I said, yeah, uh, give me another, you know, I don't drink too much soda, but, you know what I mean, give me another spring water, this, that, and other. Did you meet my wife? You know, <laughs> and then they look. Right, oh, and, that's and, that's, and, and that's the way it's supposed to be. And I think that's right. honorable. Um, yeah. one, you know, the one thing as far as, and it speaks in, it speaks in your writing, actually. And yeah. I just say that, that, you know, uh, I, let's talk about Philadelphia, right? So let's go back. Yeah. Let's go way back. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, those card game <laughs> scenes is what I really like because those card game scenes are real. Right, and, and so smoking and you know the guns on the table and you know what I mean and the coke and you know what I mean. That's all real. Even though you know I wrote that in third person, I wanted to write it in third person so everybody get you know the whole three D effect. But you know I found out as being a storyteller, a lot of people like first person. You know, whereas those of uh, the character or strong character that you have is telling the story. But, you know, you live, you learn, and everything else like that, even though, you know, I, I did all right with that book. But that book has a lot of, of things that I've really actually done, you know, even mm-hmm. the crime parts. You know, I'm not going to self-incriminate myself on this show. <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> but, no, you know. But... The crimes that we, we have, uh, I have been involved in. Right. That's, say that. But that. That book right there, um, like 90% of that stuff is, is really re- actually really done. I mean, you know, with being, you know, involved with a gang and, or, you know, a group, a criminal organization, you know what I mean? Well, I made them on a higher level. They was on a higher level of, of criminal activities. You know, we was just local people, you know. But, you know, they have with it, you know, the feds was after them and, you know, and then, you know, I added my CIA stuff to it, so to give it more excitement, you know. You know, of course, you know, I didn't have no CIA guy coming and recruiting me, you know, so. <laughs> I, I put, yeah, you know, you know I, what I love about this my book. imagination in it, too. But well, it, it, right. I, I'm really proud of the book, though. And, you know, the really one thing proud. I loved about Philadelphia was, you know, AK, he was, he yeah. was, he was the boss. He was the he was the yeah. he was the boss of the pack. But AK was serious about family, and not right. only family, on family. Right, he was serious that's, about that's family. See, right. That's what even my wife even said that. My wife said, "You want to know what? You AK and I'm Jackie." Right. And right. And and, and so definitely, you know. And so I was in shock. She said, a lot of things in there that you did is a lot of things, you know what I mean? I was like, <laughs> I said, I ain't thought she would pick it up. But she's, you know, she's a lot more, you know what I mean, a lot more quicker than I thought she was. You know, I thought she'd just read it and don't, don't say anything about it, you know. No, uh, but, you know. She, she picked AK, that up real quick. Yeah, but AK, you know, he had that quality and, so when we think about your characters, I know that you said some of, a lot of the characters are from personal experiences. Let's just say yeah. that. <laughs> personal yeah, experiences. Yeah, let's let's think about the street. They're real people. No, and I you definitely and, and they're relatable because everybody knows the AK. I know when I was growing up in Brooklyn, I knew someone of similar characteristics that my mother dated and he was he was definitely AK. You know what I'm saying? Um, the right. what he, what he didn't have that AK had was family right. qualities. Uh, let's just say that. Not only I made him family orientated, I mixed a little bit of my father in there too because he had post traumatic stress disorder. Right, and that's you know? what I wanted to and talk he, about. And he would he would self medicate instead of going to you know a psychiatrist. They you know they recommended you go to a psychiatrist and everything else like that. But he was self medicate. You know, and a lot of people out there now that, that has post-traumatic stress disorder will self-medicate instead of going to the psychiatrist or 
seeking out some sort of help for themselves. You know, they say, oh, their past, or I've been dealing with it for a long time. But, you know, back in the day, they used to call it shell shock. Right. You know, and then even before that, they would just say, you know, you just had mental problems and they just couldn't diagnose it whatsoever, mm-hmm. you know. But they found out, you know, that most of the people, like, you know, my father had post-traumatic stress disorder coming from Vietnam. Right. You know? And, you know, of course he wasn't diagnosed with it, but I recognized that as I got, you know, a little older and then, you know, they came up with that term, I was like, yeah, he got got post-traumatic stress disorder, you know? But do you think in the hood, so let's just talk about, you know, because you talk about gang life and gang culture and a lot, you know what I'm saying? It's just a part of what you, you know, you've seen and you've experienced, but it's also relative in today's world. It's happening as of right now. Kids are a part of gangs. Um, Do you believe that that's what our youth, our millennials are going through, our post-traumatic stress disorder? And I'm not just... I can relate to what some of those kids are going through in the gang because, you know, more times change, you know, more things remain the same, you know. But we thought it was like more or less like family and, you know, you're going to have your people that's going to betray you and you're going to have maybe that core four or five real cats, I mean, that's really down in it, that's really, you know, true believers. Then you're going to have the people that just fake it. You know, they there. You know, it's not even about family with them. It's about the money. It's about the bitches. It's about whatever they want it to be. Exactly. So exactly. Male or female. Exactly. You know, and that's going to be seen or, or heard. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the problem with a lot of youth today. They want to be heard. You know, they want to be Definitely. heard and seen. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that. As long as, you know, I say now, you know, I want to sound square more in a positive direction because, you know, when you stay in that negative, you know, you want, you just going to have to deal with the light, you know. You, you do the time, I mean, you do the crime, you got to do the time, you know. You got to deal with it, you know. I told my son that when I came and picked him up from lockup one day. I said, this is the light. You know, you tell me put stuff on your books, or you tell me, you know what I mean, this is part of it. It ain't all glamorous. You had fun, though. You had fun while you had fun, but right now, guess what? Now it's about putting money on your books. You know what I mean? You you uh you want me to get you some draws from the commissary, put you know, and do this and do that. You know what I mean? Give you some magazines and stuff like that because you're confined. You know, but yeah. when you was out there you did what you wanted to do. Exactly. You know, this exactly. is part of the game. There's two sides to the game. You know, mm-hmm. I say that a lot. You know, it's the A side and the B side. You know, it's the glamorous side where you're doing what you want, you're a rebel. I mean, you're doing all the smoking, drinking, snorting, shooting. I mean, you're doing whatever you want to do. But then, right. you know, when that crashes down, you got to deal with the other side. You know, the lawyers, you know what I mean, the uh, probation officers, you know, the, the COs. You, you're going to have to deal with that. This is part. That's part of the game, you know. And he always loved me for that, too. And, you know, we talk about that all the time. He said, Dad, you always kept it real with me. I said, I always wanted to be that cool-ass motherfucking dad, but also I gave him the fucking discipline, too. Exactly. I gave him that deep-down discipline. Look, you know, but I, I didn't hide nothing from him, you know, and that's what made me want to change my life because, you know, I was like, man, you know, he's seen what I was doing. He's trying to imitate and try to follow into, you know, what I was doing. But he's seen me change it around. And just like right now, he changes, you know, he changes thing up. And now he, he has a great job, a car, you know, an apartment, you know. And he trying to, what I'm trying to steer him toward right now is is, is a, a positive relationship with a mate. Like we was talking about earlier. You mm-hmm. know, you can't build by yourself. I mean, no, you can't. you're going to build to a certain extent. But when you get that mate that, you know, that ride mm-hmm. or die, you know, it's 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 on then. You know, sex, y'all work together, y'all building, you're having, you're doing, you know, you're traveling. You know, and that's what you know. What I found out, like with my wife, because I I learned a lot of things from her. Definitely. You know? just like okay. she learned a lot of things from me. I you know I had to you know 
tipper to a lot of things, you know, from the street. You know? Right, and I think that's, you know, and so when we're thinking about your characters, right, and I'm thinking AK was the, you know, the leader of your, he was he was the protagonist of your your story, and then we have our Mesa, who was also the protagonist yeah. of your story. Let's compare, compa- let's compare and contrast those two characters because, you know, when people think, and, and the reason I'm asking this is because they both were the leaders of a gang. They had to be a part of a gang. Uh, but in right. AK's case, he was the, he was the leader. But uh, Amesa was brought in because of consequences and situations and lifestyles that she was like, listen, I can't go back to what I was. I can't go back right. to that home. So compared- That's what I'm really proud of in two. You know what I mean? That she grew. You know, mm-hmm. before she she was more or less like like you said she was brought in, trained, and you know she basically was was a hit woman. Mm-hmm. You know, but she could get close to she get close to uh, people without them being alarmed. You know, by her being female and being a nice looking female. You know, right. and, and especially in that game, you know, they would you know they had their guard down. Then another dude, you know, they're not gonna get cozy with no dude. I'm not saying you know all of them. Are, heterosexual, but most of them, you know what I mean, they, they like a lot of conquest, and they, you know, they like more or less, you know, I could knock this broad off and then come to find out, you know, she got a pistol to the head. But, but between the two characters, you know, see, um, even though, you know, AK was doing a lot of things out there in the street, but he more or less was like, you know, uh, doing things to show his men that, you know, yeah, I'm still down with it, even though, you know, I got my wife back here. You know, but you know we we supposed to be having fun and you know living this living this life. This is part of the life. You know, just like a lot of mafia guys. You know, they they have a guma. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Or, or, in in our language, that's a side a side bitch. Or right. Side bitch, you know, so he more or less like he was going along with it. You know, to show his men that you know, look, this this is what it is. Seeing it was the opposite with with uh, Al Mesa. More or less, you know, she she already got involved with the dude that, you know, that come to find out, you know, he had a lot of jealousy because she had a lot of leadership quality. And she right. found that out about herself. She she was on a self journey. See, AK knew what he was. With her was a self journey of finding out who she really was. See, AK knew who his father was. He knew uh what he was. He had a wife. He had children, you know. He had more structure than she had. You know, she had a drug addict uh, mother, which you come to find out if you read the book, you know, what she really was to her, mm-hmm. you know. And she was on a self-journey. So I think that book came out more powerful, and I did a lot better with that because it was a self-journey of her really fighting, you know, with the system and doing the things she's doing and find more about herself. You know, and rising up that she had leadership qualities, that she just wasn't just some nothing bitch. She was somebody that was, yeah. you know, viable and thinking and, and, and had leadership. And that shows in two. That's why I'm really proud of uh, Almisa, too, that she became a boss. And she right. understood she, she didn't just, you know, talk down to people. She understood the position these, some of these people was in. But then sometimes she had to kick some ass, too. That's part of being a leader. Sometimes you gotta be hey, look, you gotta you gotta kick somebody in the ass, hey, wait a minute, man. You know, just what you doing ain't right. I gotta and come I think down that's on right. you. And I think that's the that's the amazing thing about it for me, because I've read I've read all of your books because I helped edit them and I edited them. But um let me just think, you know, my, my compare and contrast was that A K was probably what in the game, but when you opened up the story, he was already the leader of the pack. Um, and AK had this way about cons- conducting business because he had he he was taught and he learned. Oh yeah, he, he's definitely a, a, a good businessman, right. just like what you what you found out about the, about that with me. A lot of people get that mixed up. They thinking because you came from an illegal side that you don't know nothing about business. You'll find out more about business from a drug dealer than you could from a businessman. 
Because a businessman right. sometimes will lie, cheat, hide things from you. You know what I mean? Where, you know, some drug dealers would just be straight up with you. Exactly. You know, I want my, exactly. I want my money. You know what I mean? <laughs> Look. <laughs> You know, I, I, you know, don't, you know, I ain't no payment plan. Look, you know, payment plan and all this other kind of stuff and swindle you more, you know, down the line. You know, look, I want my money today. And it's also uh, for every, if you don't have any money, there is a consequence, you know. So, and so the, you know, the, the compare, the, the compare part is, is that um, both AK and Al Mesa handled business. She had to learn how to handle business, but when it was time to handle business and take care of family, you know. Yeah, um, and, and family at the same time. Right, you because know, and we go through that high, as, as, as regular people. We right, and also the hierarchy. She respected, right. you know, there's a part in the book, I won't go deeply into the book, but there's a part in the book where she had to select people based on hierarchy, and it may not have been the perfect choice at the time, but she she believed in she believed in there were some parts of her that I didn't think was fair, but I also think that was because she was growing into being a boss. You know, right. she was growing into being a boss, so she didn't have that much experience. Her thing was based on loyalty, not right. And she reacted, thing. right, and also the fact that right. she reacted a lot. Um, you know, so Almeida right. reacted in in a way of. You know, she she's kind of a hothead in some sense. She she you know because she had to be. You know what I'm saying? Like right. if you really look at how yeah she had to straighten. That's part of leadership anyway. Sometimes mm-hmm. you got to straighten some people out. Uh, it ain't always you know sometimes a little fireside chat where it's those nice and calm and all that. Sometimes you know uh, some people will come to their senses once you you know you snap out on them. You know what I mean? You know, that you go through that in relationships. Sometimes you go tell people something, you know, in a nice way and they get it. Then some people, you know, you have to, you know, you have to call them all kinds of motherfuckers and everything else for them. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, Definitely. It's, 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 a, it's a strange thing, you know, but I always try to make my characters different. But I, I, I just believe that, you know, if you read either one of the books, that AK had more structure you know, even though it was a militant structure or, you know what I mean, gang culture and everything else, but he had more structure than she did because she had to learn as she went along. But mm-hmm. by her being a female, she had a harder time of being, uh, you know, um, being made serious or taken serious. Exactly. You know, and a exactly. lot of women today is into that, even when they're in business. A lot, they don't want to take women serious. You build something up, and then you know some man come and want to take it, take it, take over. Oh well, you know, let me do this or let me manage that. Yeah, look, I've been running this shit the whole time. Who are you to come and tell me, you know, what to do now? You know, you could probably help me out, give me a few tips here and there. You know, that's why I liked about Jay. Jay didn't overpower her; he worked with her. Exactly, and so for for my listeners, Jay is her love. <laughs> Her love, and, and, and he didn't, you know. Um, I could say that, honestly, that, you know, you created a character where he knew he, he understood his place because he also had his own power. And he had he, his own thing going on. See, he right, and, you know, I just talked about this. Right. You know, you know, he didn't see himself as her Achilles heel. You know, he didn't right. see, he didn't see Alisa himself as, as his the heel. second banana. Because he right. had his own thing going on, and he he knew at a certain a certain level that he was on, you know, and how he met her. You know, he met her, you know, because he had a car dealership, and she needed a bulletproof car. I ain't going to tell too much about the book, but she needed a bulletproof joint, and, you know, he hooked it up for her, and that's how they hooked up, you know. He was flirting with her, she was flirting with him, and he eventually hooked up, and then, you know, he knew she was in the game because she came to get a bulletproof car. I mean, don't too many regular people want to come get a bulletproof dick, you know? Exactly. Right. So you already knew what her lifestyle was. So I want to go in, right? So I want to go into your blogs because um, we have a few. We have like six minutes. I love your blogs, and I was just telling 
uh, telling a friend of mine, I, I shot him over there and said, yeah, I need to go read these blogs. And, you know, she is a political, she loves political satire. She loves, yeah. you know, thought-provoking blogs. And so right. she went over and read the blog, and she was like, yo, bro, is deep. And that's one thing about Sherrod blogs. What I love about them is you take it from the streets, the knowledge that you have of the streets, which I said in the beginning of the um, the beginning of the podcast, that not only do you have street knowledge, but you have book knowledge. And right. as you take these books to the street, what inspires you to write your thought provoking blogs? What makes you? Well, is it you- I always been a, a political uh, person. You know, I really, I think I really got politicized, like when I read the autobiography of Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody suggested it to me, I read it, and then, you know, I looked at the world differently. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't ever wanted to write anything political, you know, because, you know, I, I was caught up into the streets. Because I told you, I didn't, you know, uh, for your listeners, I didn't take writing seriously until, you know, I started evolving and thinking that I could really do it. Because I ain't really thought I could be a writer. Mm-hmm. You know, to tell you the honest God truth, you know, I didn't have that that self-confidence because, you know, the way I broke things down, that's what I do into my blogs. I break it down as where as though the regular person can understand it and more or less like the, what's that, and put it in layman terms, mm-hmm. you know. And just like I like to, you know, uh, spell out names just like I want to do on my next blog, you know, and talk about, you know, the, uh, the, about the cult leader new hero is Emily Murphy, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. where she don't want to, you know, from GSA, you know, put it over and give them, you know, access to different things, you know what I mean? But she's breaking the law, and this, right. is, this is their heroes, you know. They don't, they don't want to, you know, the different things they do. When we break the law, people of color, let me let your listeners, you know, exactly. find that term. When we do one thing, it, you know, because they got some woman doing five years for voter fraud, which which is almost, you know, a misdemeanor, which you get slapped on the wrist and pay a fine. You know, she's doing five years in prison. Exactly. I, I think that's insane. When we do something, it, it's something, you know, and I want people to go look that up, too. You know, I don't want you to just take it from my, and that's another right. thing, I don't want you to just take it from my mouth. Because I'm a master researcher now, you know, and I, I got my, what I really love with me, you know, my son, you know, when he came to me talking about, I ain't know about the Homestead Act, you know, and all this other kind of stuff, you know, which my new blog is about, you know, they always talk about, you know, they did things when they bootstrapped. No, that had help. You know, mm-hmm. in 1862, they gave out land. You know, they didn't give us nothing. We mm-hmm. got no reparation. We got nothing. 1862. They gave out land where 1.6 million homesteaders mm. got land that they took from the natives. Go look it up. Don't go on Google. Google it, listeners. Don't mm-hmm. take it from my mouth and find out that they had, they had help. You know, to me, that's, that's the same way with the, with the corporate welfare where they bailed out the banks. Right. You know, fast forward, they bailed out the banks. You know, they bailed out the auto industry, you know, but if you want a little help or you're getting a little, a little welfare or something like that, they are oh, your welfare queen or, you know, we helped you do it. They had help, too. They had plenty of help. You know, after World War II, they got the GI Bill where they start businesses and got money and this, that, and the third. They tell you, oh, no, you need to go take up a trade. We're not going to give you no money, people of color, listeners, you know. Yes. But these 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 white men who tell you to go pull up your your bootstraps, you know, they had help. They get loans and they get help. You know what I mean? And they you know manifest destiny that they was born to rule and born to have. No, you had help along the way with medicine, troops. You know, when you was fighting the natives with these homesteaders and stuff like that, it, it, it's just crazy. It's just a myth, and that's that's going to be the, my next blog. You know that it's just an American myth that you just blaze the trail and all. No, you had help. You had help with medicine and money and everything else. You know, 
just like we need some help. But when we need help, all oh, you begging, you complaining, y'all belly aching. No. And just like, just put all these damn judges that's not qualified. Why everybody sleep? They put all these judges, they put that woman in there. You know, the American Bar Association says she's not even qualified. She's 34 fucking years old, and she got a job for life. And all of them are white. Hate to say right. it, you know, I'm not prejudiced, and you know that about me. But right. all of them are white people that they're helping put into lifetime jobs with good money so they can raise a family and keep their agenda keep going. Mm-hmm. But when we talk about our agendas and different things that we want to do, oh, we're radical. Oh, that, that, that's just unheard of, uncalled for. No, 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 no. It, it's a myth. It's an American myth. You had help. You had corporate <laughs> welfare. You're still exactly. getting it. Exactly. And, you know, one of the things that I do believe for African-American people, we're taught to be strong and do it on our own. And yeah. it's such a common conversation that, you know, and I'm, I'm an African-American woman, and I know I was taught, be strong, do it by yourself, don't trust nobody else. And I do think that that is what has caused the divide in our community because I did this. We want to have, a lot of us want to have the title, I did this ourselves, and they don't realize. And I'll never forget this, um, and I don't know if I shared this with you. I would, this is before the pandemic. Um, I would always go to Spot Coffee. And at the time, you know, I was looking for a house. I was moving out of my house, and and I was looking for, they had sold my house, and um, I was looking for a new house. The landlord sold the house, and as I was looking, I went into, every week I would go to Spot Coffee because I just needed, you know, for work. And, and I went to Spot Coffee, and it would be a group of white women, Caucasian women, and they were all sitting, and they were teaching each other new skills. So one week, I would go in there for a week straight, they would teach them digital marketing for free. They, they would yeah. order coffee, and they would teach them all these skill sets. And what I realized is that they, they don't have the pull yourself up by the boot. Like you said, pull yourself up by the bootstraps. By your bootstraps, yeah. Right. Let's do this as a community. And, I, and that's yeah. because I've had... Corporate America job, corporate American jobs, where I've seen where white women let white one white woman fall out, and I'm not trying to be prejudiced, and that's in every other race. That's whether it's Hispanic, but when it comes to yeah, us, it's, and it's always about you know, and then you they try to compromise your blackness. You know, they don't have anything to do with it. It's just that you trying to shut me out, you trying to keep me out and think that I'm stupid or unaware of what's really going on. Right. Y'all and had help. Y'all help each other mm-hmm. just like we help each other. But when we help each other, you know, it's something nefarious, just like he wants to go to each state and throw out the votes. Now I stood in line for two fucking hours. You mean to tell me you're going to go in Pennsylvania and throw out all them fucking votes? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's something nefarious <laughs> because all these black people came and just, and you did a terrible job. It's exactly. not that I don't like the man. I don't like the man. I mean, just for the record, I never liked him. But the right. whole thing of it is, it's just like, I never liked Ronald Reagan. You know what I'm saying? But if you're doing a good job, you're doing a good job. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one or the other. You know? And then I had a conversation yesterday with my brother. They're like they're in a cult. You know? They keep on bringing up all these spots. It's just like he brought up to me. They spied on him and the impeachment and this, that, and other. I was like, man, it was more or less like we had, I had to get somebody in there and get the drop squad and deprogramming. Exactly. Exactly. It's almost like a cult leader. Okay, just face it. You lost, deal with it, move on. Mm-hmm. That's all. It ain't got nothing to do with politics. I mean, you know, it's all political, but just realize that you didn't win this time, which you you did get a lot of votes, and I don't know how, you know what I mean, but you did, and all the places just doing really bad. And people that are suffering from this virus, you know what I mean, which you're not really funding people with unemployment. 
He's not doing nothing for these people. But these exactly. people are truly behind him. That's why I call and, it a and cult. I too. And I think that, you know, even with that, thinking about, you know, I think that's why our numbers did go back up with COVID-19 is because people had the mentality they couldn't, you know, some people are only getting $100 a week, right? Depending on no, their work. The, I put that in my blog, too. I put that right. in there. Here's the, these are rich millionaires. They got the best health care. They got the best retirement plans. You know what I mean? And you're going to talk about $600. It's too much money, and you cut it down to four. How the fuck are you going to feed your family and pay your rent or, 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 or keep up with your mortgage and your car payments? And even if you don't have car payments, you're paying car insurance. You can't ride around with no insurance. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Right, you know, and we're working people. And food, you know, everything has risen. I mean, I went to go, you know, and we went, you know, you were saying how you went grocery shopping for your yeah. family. Cobo nineteen prices. Right, and we and I, I felt it, you know, and <laughs> everybody is is puning, and that's even the thing that that's the save a lot. That that even went up. If you compare yeah. the prices between Shoprite, uh, Walmart. And, and, and save a lot. I mean, you you you'll even see that that stuff even risen because of the trucks. They gotta they gotta they gotta bring the stuff in trucks and trains and stuff like that and stuff that's coming from you know with different you know the trade agreements that he screwed that up. That's right. why the fruit and everything else is high and and nobody don't want to look at that. You did right. a terrible job exactly. Yeah. Just, just face it, you, you you did a bad job, you know what I mean? And the only way you can grow at anything, I, I even tell my sons this, look, you take the L or you know you didn't meet up to your obligations and you try to do better. That's the only way you're going to grow. Admit that you was wrong. I'm surrounded by people, you know, by different people that don't want to admit that they're wrong. We was in ShopRite the other day, and then, you know, we was in a phony line. And I stood there for 15 minutes, and then the girl comes up and says, this ain't the real line. I, I, I stood there and asked three ladies, is this the line? Yes, this is the line, this is the line. I said, I, I, I asked you. So we get in the other line, and then, you know, my brother-in-law, he's embarrassed because I'm walking up to people, is this the real line? Because I just got out of the phony line cause with, with, for 15 minutes. And, you know, they got you spaced apart now back because they shut everything back down. I mean – I said, is everybody stupid like Donald Trump? You know, I, you know, I was just joking, you know, making people laugh. I was just like, but the whole thing in a nutshell is, if it wasn't the real, if you wasn't sure it was the real line, you should have said so. You know, it, it's just that people just just follow people just blindly, and you got me standing there like a dummy, and I lost, you know, twenty minutes of my goddamn life, and I can't stand long, and it was just crazy. You know, I, you know, I make jokes about it and everything else like that, but, you know, it's it's just crazy, the world we're living in. People don't want to listen to nobody. People want to do what they want to do. You know, it's it's just madness. They don't want to research nothing. Everything on the Internet, they believe it. You know, you got Alex Jones, you know, they, I'm glad they cut his Twitter off, you know, but you know, he, he, they got they still got them shows from YouTube, and he's saying that you know that uh, uh, certain things didn't happen, you know, like denying the Holocaust and all this other kind of stuff. It's just madness, you know. It, it's just based on it's based on a lot of racism, ignorance, you know, and just people just being dumb, dumb, lazy. You can't believe everything somebody say out their damn mouth. Research it, you know. I don't care. You're into a religion. It's just like, you know, everybody want to follow the Bible. The Bible got like 40 different authors, you know, especially the King James Version of the Bible. I mean, come on, you know. I'm not doubting that there's not a God, but, you know, it got 40 different authors. I mean, how many people, you know, messed it up?
Hey, hey, world. Thank you so much for listening to my wonderful interview with D'Artania A. Williams. We did get caught up at the end. Uh, D'Artania has such great, a great wealth of knowledge in his, not only, and like I said from the very beginning, not just street knowledge, but he has the knowledge of books. You know, he is definitely a master researcher, um, but he hits the topics that relate to us all and a lot of history and a lot of culture. So guys, I want you to do me a favor, right? I want you to go and visit his website at www.dartaniaawilliamsenior.com. And I also want you to go on this Black Friday and support this local author. Well, he's not local, he's not here in Buffalo, but he's in Philadelphia. So if you're in the Philadelphia area, I want you to go and support him. He also has his own publication called The Wasa. And that's W-A-A-S-I. It is on Medium. I will put the link in the description box. I want you guys to go and support him. You can find him on Medium as well um, with his blogs and his political satire, his, his thoughts, and really stay connected with this author. He is definitely a powerhouse. And if you have not read his books, you need to run and go do that. Run and go do that. <laughs> go run and read his book so guys do me a favor visit my website at www.tamlovestowrite.com and just check out I have merch on my website I also and I'm going to be adding all of my merch because I got reamed out about that not advertising and promoting myself and the one thing that I want to encourage you is, is to support African-American authors. There's so many people that are out here who are struggling and have put in their heart, minds, spirits, and souls to write great books. Guys, again, go and support D'ArtaniaAWilliamsSenior.com. Go visit his website. Go visit him on the WASA publication. I need you to support, support, support. And guys, do me a favor. Number one, be kind to yourself and to each other. Number two, during this pandemic, I need y'all to do me a favor, mask up. If you think it doesn't affect you, it affects, believe it or not, it might not affect you, but it can affect your cousins and them and your grandmama and them. And if you don't think it's real, I can't tell you how many stories I've heard of people crying and having that guilt. And if you don't want to carry that guilt on your gut, right, you don't want to carry that guilt on your soul, mask up, wash your hands, put a little glove on it, but protect your family. You don't do it. You're right. I didn't get it but somebody I love may get it, and I may get it. That's the way you need to think. Lastly, support a nonprofit organization. And the way you do that is go and find the one that you love. Not the one I love, but the one you love. And if you want to do the one that I love, go to www.outcurlsinc.org. Support Sharice Walker-Betts. This is an amazing organization. So, guys, listen. Happy holidays. Happy Thanksgiving. Support, support, support. And y'all have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.